Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our senior pastor, Reverend Albert Feliciano Sr. Each week we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here is Pastor Albert with today's word. The power of divine connection. We're going to be reading this morning from John chapter 15. And we're going to read eight verses, verses 1 through 8. I'll give you a moment to find that in your Bibles and as soon as you find it, for those that are able, I'm going to ask you kindly to stand just for a few moments for the reading of God's Word. John 15. If you have it, say amen. We're going to start at the very beginning, verse number one. The Word of the Lord says, and these are Jesus' words. They are the red letters in your Bible. He says, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch, turn to your neighbor and say every branch. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Ouch. That it may bear more fruit. You are already clean, hallelujah, because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. Hallelujah. And then he says it again. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, hallelujah. And they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done. It shall be done. It shall be done. It shall be done. For you, by this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. God bless you. You may take your seats this morning. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Brother Fred, it's good to see you. Hallelujah. Is Sister Sandra with us today? Tell her I love her and I miss her. Praise God. Amen. I love you guys. I've been praying for you. Praise the Lord. Saints of God, welcome to 2022. Hallelujah. In 2022, God has a plan for you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Throughout this message and probably for the next couple of months, you're going to hear a lot of catchphrases. They keep coming. They keep coming. Hallelujah. I've got a whole bunch of them. Is God in you in 2022? Did you walk with the sun in 2021? Is God speaking to you in 2022? Is God walking with you in 2022? I had a plan of what I wanted to share this morning. And like I said earlier, God brought me back to a word that he planted in my spirit. He literally woke me up out of bed on Monday morning this past week. I thought I was dreaming. I heard the voice so clear, so loud in my spirit. I literally woke up and I was jolted 
in my bed. I felt like it was God right next to me speaking. And he asked me what some of you may seem to think is not a so great or important question. But I'm telling you, it shook me to the core. I'm going to share that question with you this morning. The Lord said, how are you connected to me? Think about that. He actually said, how are your men connected to me? How are your people connected to me? Not me, Pastor Albert, me, God. How are your people connected to me? And God wanted me to find out the answer. How are your people connected? Are they connected at all? What is their level of commitment? Are they planted in the house? How are they connected? How about this? How are they serving in my kingdom? Are they involved in any type of ministry? Are they even part of the kingdom of God itself? Here's a big question. Are they a blessing to the other brethren? Are they utilizing their gifts, their talents, and their abilities of what I put inside of them to be a blessing to the body? Who are they blessing? What is their purpose? What is their value? I believe God is asking all of us this morning, how are you connected to me? There is absolute power and authority in being divinely connected to the power presence of God. The Bible tells us that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Every time I hear that makes me want to run around the room. We are joint heirs with Jesus. Do you know what that means? That everything the Father has promised him, everything the Father has given them is also for you. Hallelujah. They're made available. You are a joint heir of the inheritance in Christ. That's powerful. The word says that we are ambassadors of heaven. That means we represent heaven on earth. And some of us, most of us, if not all of us, we've never been to heaven. I, I may feel I, I've been there in a few of my prayer times, hallelujah, but we've never in fact been to heaven, but therefore God calls us ambassadors of heaven. That means he has planted the kingdom within you to represent the kingdom of God on this earth. That's why he says when you go out, tell them the kingdom of God is upon you. And then he says, cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead. The power is released through the kingdom of God that is within you. How are you connected to your heavenly father? Let me ask you some more questions. Is he your Lord this morning? Is he Abba Father to you? Is he daddy to you? Or is he a sugar daddy to you? Is he your genie in a bottle that you rub out every time you want something? Is God your insurance agent to keep your fire insurance policy paid up in full? Is he your advisor or are you his advisor? Many of us come to God as advisors. We tell him what we want. We tell him what to do for us. We advise him and not him advising us. Turn your neighbor and say, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What type of connection do you have with the Father. Listen, I'm telling you, it's, it's already hot in here. Hallelujah. It's going to get hotter. The only comfort you have is that it's hotter in hell. You're, you're not there. Hallelujah. Amen. You're above ground. Every day above ground is a good day. But it's about to get hot because the Spirit of God is challenging us today. The warm and fuzzy message is not happening. 
came to the wrong church. The answer to this question of how you are connected to me, says the Lord. How is it that you are connected? What type of connection do you have with me? If you think about that answer, it's going to determine the type of life that you are now living. I've been saying this week after week, and I'm telling you now, I'm humbled even to say it. But right now, my wife and I who I treasure. You're valuable to me. You're a precious prize. But my wife and I, we are living in our prayers. You, you got to understand that. We are living in the prayers that we have prayed years ago. We are living it. I'm, I'm not millionaire. I, I, I don't have money. I, I eat from the, from the food pantry food we eat here. And I'm blessed. I'm so blessed. I need to go to the gym. Hallelujah. I'm living in my prayers. I've got eight grandbabies and one on the way in Jesus' name. Even my dog loves me. I am so blessed. I'm living in the favor and the blessing in the overflow of God. Everybody's walking around uh, uh, tripping. That's the Ebonics version. I'm telling you, I'm living in the blessing and the favor of God. I discovered something. I'm going to share that with you today. Because it's just not me. You could live this life. You could live it. It's yours for the keeping, for the taking, for the keeping. Think about it. Those that are connected to God right now in a real substantive way, substant way, they are thriving. They are blessed, highly favored. They are super productive. They are active in ministry. Their family, their household is in spiritual alignment and order. Their children are blessed. Wives are blessed. Husbands are blessed. Kids are blessed. There is stability. There is provision. There is peace. There's harmony. And they too are living in their prayers. How many are living in your prayers right now? I'm telling you the truth. It's a good thing to be blessed. There was an old movie. I think it was Mel, Mel Gibson, Mel Blank, whatever. He said, it's good to be the king. Well, well, Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks. It's good to be the king. It's good. How about this? It's good to be blessed. It's good to live the blessed life, to not have to worry about nothing. But those who are not connected, those who are not connected, I want you to listen to me. Please don't miss this. Those of us in this very room that are not connected, you may think you're connected because your behind is in a chair, but that doesn't mean that you're a connected believer, Christian disciple, follower of God. The same way you could go to McDonald's, it doesn't make you a cheeseburger. You could go to the garage, it doesn't make you a car. And coming to church doesn't make you a Christian. But those that are not connected to God in any type of way, they are the ones that are unstable. They're the ones that are depressed. They're the ones that are sick and afraid of Omicron and Corona-19 and, and the Delta variant and the, and the new one that just popped out in Israel, the Flurona. Can you imagine? They got a new one coming, Florona. Dun, 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 my Flurona. Come on, man, get it together. What are they going to think of next? They're the ones that walk around diseased in their mind. They're fearful. They're broke. They're addicted, disconnected. They're suffering. They're pessimistic. They're hopeless. Their kids are disconnected. They're wild and out. Their kids have identity issues, alternative lifestyles. Some of them are on the verge of divorce. They live in perpetual chaos. They're indecisive. They're confused. They're highly medicated. And I'm going to say it, they're plagued by demons. 
demonic activity. They have night visits. Spirits jumping on top of them in the middle of the night and pinning them to the bed. And then they call the pastor. Pastor, pray for me. Pastor, pray for me. There's a demon in my room. Pastor, pray for me. My kids are wilding out. Pastor, pray for me. I'm so discouraged. I'm so depressed. I'm riddled. You want the pastor to pray for a situation that you have created by not being connected to the Spirit of God. And you want me to pray you out of your horror, of your torment. Get back into proper alignment and see how your life begins to change. You want me to fix problems that you have caused in 15, 20 years of disobedience unto God. And now you want me to pray your way out of your disobedience. Listen, the problem is you. I'm telling you the truth. He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Many people don't come to church. I can't. There are too many hypocrites there. Yeah, there's always room for one more. The church is the hospital for the sick. Jesus said, I didn't come for the healed up, the, the perfect ones. I came up for those that are broken, those that are downtrodden, the dregs of society, the outcast, the pimp, the prostitute, the drug dealer, the addicted, the homosexual, the transgender. I came for the cheat. I came for the liar, for the crook, for the criminal. For the gangster. I don't want to go to church. I'd rather be by myself. And they think they're in great standing with God because they recited a little prayer. Jesus, come to my heart. But they refuse to be part of his body. I had a message years ago called excuse abuse. I have to work. I didn't get much sleep. I'm so tired. I'm so super busy. I'm not feeling well. <laughs> Pastor. <laughs> Pastor. <laughs> I can't come to church today. <laughs> okay. God bless you. Amen. You stay home and be sick. Pastor, I need an ambulance. <laughs> Sometimes we wonder why we're bound, honestly. I, I could tell you the truth. How many times I've come here, you think, do you think that, that sometimes you think might, maybe even once in a blue moon, pastor don't want to come to church? Do you think in your right mind that pastor doesn't want to come sometimes? You don't think pastor has bubble guts sometimes? You don't think sometimes I can't speak? I got laryngitis because I was screaming at a sporting event the night before. And I lost my voice. And I come into church, I can't even speak. I say, but by the grace of God, I'm going to speak. I'm going to declare the word of the Lord. One time I had no voice. Some of you were here. If you come at 1030 in the morning, you'll see miracles. My wife was here. She said, some of you guys need a miracle. Is there anybody here? I said, psst, psst. I need a miracle. But I couldn't say it. I went. I stood right there. My wife called everybody. Come, let's put hands on the pastor. I'm standing right there with no voice. And I'm holding my hands up. I'm like, I'm going to be healed right now. And you want to know something? I was waiting for some heat. I was waiting for a sprinkling of electricity to go through my body. I was waiting to feel something. And you want to know what I felt? Nada. Nothing. And I'm saying to myself, what's going on here? And the Holy Spirit said, fool. He's spoken in my spirit. What are you waiting for? You know what you got to do. Open your mouth and worship me. 
I was waiting for a feeling. How many of us waiting for goosebumps? We're waiting for a feeling. And I went, I love you, Lord. And I lift my hands. And next thing you know, my voice came back. And we're all singing right there in the front of the church. Miracle on the spot. Tell me my God ain't alive. But you know why people don't see it? Because they're too busy. Too busy. I'm tired. I need my beauty sleep. I'm, there's a joke there, but I ain't going to touch it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Get thee behind me, Satan. Listen. Jesus said of his own words, you might think you're in him. He says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit... Is taken away. That means you're not pruned. You're taken away. You understand the difference? He said, ah, this was useless. Cut it out. Throw it into the fire. But every branch that does bear fruit, he's going to prune. Why? So that it could bear even more fruit. Do you know what it means to be pruned? It means to be cut. 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 Trimmed. Cut to be purged of, of, of junk because there's something blocking even more fruit from being produced in your life. And he says, this one is a good branch. Hallelujah. I'm going to take care of this one. I'm going to, ooh, look, this has to go. Boom. The, the worms are on this branch. I got to cut them out. The, the, the termites are eating this branch. I got to cut that one out. Uh, uh, I'm going to prune this little seed that's not germinating. I, cut that off too. And we start getting cut. We go, ow, ow, hallelujah. If you would stop complaining, you would produce more fruit. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Our God is in the fruit-bearing business. Our God is looking for productive disciples. Hallelujah. He is not looking for sitting saints. People think that getting saved is to have a place to sit on a Sunday morning. That's low-level Christianity. You are no less saved. That's the truth. But you're living low-level. And then you wonder why your life is in havoc. And you say, I didn't sign up for this. No, because you're not in it. Am I talking to somebody today? I know it's tough. Hallelujah. But to be part of a divine connection is to be active in the kingdom. It's not to just come and hear messages. So often we are trained in church to just come to church and hear the message and then go to Golden Corral or wherever you're going to go and eat your lunch and go home. No, we're not meeting at Golden Corral today. Hallelujah. Last time I started speaking about pizza, half the church went to Frank's Pizzeria. Hallelujah. Unbelievable. The power of suggestion. Glory to God. We're foodies, right? <laughs> Let's go to the farm and eat some celery and carrot sticks. Hallelujah. I only got one fan here. Hallelujah. But listen, Ephesians 2.8, listen to what it says. For grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Listen, salvation is a free gift. It comes first by the Father. He loves you. He has called you. He chose you. You didn't really choose him. He chose you. It's free of charge. It can't be earned. But then you go two verses later and look at what it says. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What good works, saints of God, are you currently involved in? What good works are you connected to? What are you doing with the precious gift of salvation that God has given you, your husband, your wife, your children, your family, those that are saved? You know, we, we pray, trust in the Lord, and you and your house will be saved. And God saves your whole family. And then what? God begins to answer prayers in your life, and then what? What are we doing? 
Are your works giving glory to God or are we complaining? The Bible says, do something great. And whatever it is that you do, in word or in deed, whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. What? Giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know, I, 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 I look at social media sometimes and it's mind-boggling to me. Because you get people that do good acts, nice acts. They'll take several hundred dollars and they'll stand in the grocery line and they'll say, I'm going to pay for your groceries. Boom. Then the next person, I'm going to come and pay for your groceries. Bam. And then the next person, ah, and you say, ah, oh. we even cry. <laughs> and we do all these kind acts, right, for people to see. They post it on, on video, on, on social media. Look at me paying for this old lady's groceries. The Bible says you will have your reward in full. And that, that means when someone says, wow, bro, what a good job. There's your reward. See, we, we search out the reward of man. But Bible says that which is done in secret will be rewarded by the Lord God openly, publicly. I'd much rather have my reward in heaven or even my reward come from the Father in heaven. We do so much to be seen by man because we want a little bit of that praise for ourselves. We want a little bit of that love juice to be thrown on us. We want a little bit of the something, something. We want to take some credit. Look at what I did for God. I'm a really good believer. I'm a really good disciple, follower of God. Check me out. Watch this. Watch this. Here, have a track. God bless you. I have a track for you. God bless you. Oh, do you need prayer? Let me pray for you. Oh, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Amen. Share. Turn your neighbor and say, I hope he ain't talking about you. Hallelujah. And if he is, I'm going to put some oil on you myself. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you part of the divine inheritance? Let me tell you, if you are connected, then you are part. Key word here is if. Listen to what 2 Peter 1, 2 through 4 says. Grace and peace. Be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which you have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust saints of God are you hearing the word this morning God is calling you he has given you all things pertaining to life and godliness he has made you part of his own divine nature you've got to grasp that he has given you precious promises the word of God is loaded with promises for what why does he do this of course because of his great love but because he's counting on you to be a follower of Christ to do what he says to go where he calls you to go and to speak to whom he wants you to speak to not to be idle he has given you good works to do he had done this beforehand so that you may walk in them what are you involved in? How are you connected to me, says the Lord? Are you a sitting saint or are you active? How about this? Is your work, is your ministry bigger than you? Or are you bigger than your own ministry assignment that God gave you? You know, a lot of people are not thriving because they want to be bigger than what they are called to do. You know who fell? Lucifer. He wasn't happy with what he was created to do. He was the most beautiful angel in heaven. 
the most gifted, the most talented, but he wanted it for himself, the worship. I want to give you a little illustration. This is going to blow you away. When a person accepts the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, God deposits inside of them his divine nature, which is the nature, the divine nature of God. That word in the Greek is theos. It means godlike, a godhead, the nature of God is deposited inside the believer in seed form. Inside the seed lies the spiritual potential. It's all in the seed. The Bible says every seed begets itself. So if you plant apples, you get apple fruit. If you plant corn, you'll get corn. If you plant watermelon, you're going to get watermelon. If you plant love, you're going to receive love. If you plant hate, you're going to receive hate. If you plant little human seed, you're going to have a child. Every seed begets itself. What is inside of the seed is actually bigger than the seed itself. An acorn is a very small seed, but it turns into a very huge oak tree. Why? Because it does what it was created to do. However, every seed must go through a process of growth, through a process of maturity, so that they could experience the fullest potential of what they are created to be. Many people, I want you to hear me, church. Turn your neighbor and say, pay attention. Hallelujah. Don't fall asleep on me. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Every person must go through a process of maturity. Many people don't reach their full potential because they refuse to be planted. They refuse to be connected to the source of life. The sun, S-O-N, and the living water. They remain dead seeds, never reaching their full potential, never seeing the full glory of God released in their life. They are full of divine glory, the nature, the divine glory. They're full of it, but it's staying inside a seed. The possibilities are trapped and they remain hidden inside the seed of life that God gave you because you keep it in on the inside through doubt, through fear, through complaining, and through non-connection. It remains bottled up and trapped up inside of you, but you blame it on everything you blame your lack of success on everything and everyone you blame the pastor because he talks too much he's too long I can't stand the two-hour service let me go to the 30-minute church so that I could get out of here that pastor is full of hot air you blame everybody for your failure except yourself. There's a, a quote by Dr. Ed Cole. We hold everyone to their standard. We, 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 uh, we hold them to their actions, but we hold ourselves accountable to our intentions. Your kid doesn't do the dishes. One week, punishment. But your wife says, honey, could you do the dishes? I say, yeah, I'll take care of that. An hour later, honey, can you take care of the dishes? Sure, I'll take care of that. A day later, honey, those dishes, they're piling up, bro. You said you was going to do it. Oh, yeah, you're right. I'll take care of that. Two days later, your wife is there going like this. And you walk in and say, oh, my bad. You judge yourself by your intentions, but your son, off with your head. And isn't that what we do with each other? We judge each other by their actions. But ourself, oh, well, I meant to do that. That's what I meant to do. I had good intentions. Am I talking to somebody this morning? Hallelujah. I know I'm talking to somebody. It got quiet up in here. Hallelujah. God wants you to blossom. 
God wants you to bear fruit. God wants you to be productive. How about this? God wants you to become. Become what he has created you to be. Become. 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 Hallelujah. But many don't want to become. They don't want to connect. They want the finished product. I think Joyce Myers had a quote. So he said, they want the perks without the works, and they are jerks. <laughs> I was listening to a message from Dr. Miles Monroe this week, and it had profound significance of what I'm saying today. But listen, and this one I'm going after the men right now. Hallelujah. One, two, three. Yes. There you go. Those are my men. I hope y'all be like saying, yes, after I finish this one. Hallelujah. Y'all might be saying, three, two, one. No. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm going to say it anyway. Men, we have a perfect idea in our head of what a perfect woman is. Ooh, I'm going there. We have an image in our mind of the perfect Woman, the perfect wife. And we start praying to God to give us the perfect wife. I have a perfect wife. But she wasn't perfect when I got her. Hallelujah. But here's, here's the deal. Here's some rhema, some revelation. This is not how God works. God doesn't give you a perfect situation. God gives you the seed. And inside the seed is the divine nature. Inside the seed is the gift. Inside the seed is where all the beauty happens. God gives you the raw material. And you plant the seed, and out of it should come the perfect wife. And you know how it happens? By cultivation. You are the one that has to cultivate. You are the one that has to train. You are the one that has to develop. You are the one that has to teach. You are the one that has to pour your spirit into her spirit. She's going to receive what you give her. She's going to incubate it and then give it back to you. She's going to multiply what you give her. So if you give her grief, she's going to incubate it, multiply it, and give it back to you. You go out and buy groceries. You give it to her. She cooks it, multiplies it, and gives you a meal. You understand? The glory comes out of the seed, but it has to be cultivated. You see, God gives you what you ask for, but he gives it to you as raw material. It's your job to craft it out. Hallelujah. The finished product is up to you. Listen, God didn't give Adam a chair. He put the chair inside the tree. God didn't give Adam shoes. He put the shoes on the animal hides. God didn't give Adam food. He told him, tend the garden. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The finished product is on you. Men, you have to realize this. I'm going after you because the devil's after you. I'm trying to tell you something here. Didn't Jesus tell Peter, the devil is trying to sift you as wheat. But I've been praying for you. And once you have recovered, go and strengthen your brothers. Do you know what, what that means to be sifted as wheat? No, I don't want to do that because that's a talit. It's to take a bushel of wheat and smash it against the, the, the floor, the threshing floor. Smash it so that the grains come out. You're literally being pulverized. And then the, the big millstone, the milestone wheel starts to crush the grain. Men, 
you are responsible for your family. God has called you to train up your family in the fear and admonition of the Lord. That perfect image that's here is going to be cultivated and it's going to turn into the perfect woman like I have right there. We've been together 27 years and counting. Your wife and family is your first mission field, is your first fruit, is your, is your uh, territory, is your work, is your purpose. If you can't get the very first thing right, you can't function in anything else. Church, God has put us together to work with one another, to become the church, to be his church. God has planted greatness inside of every single one of you. How can the greatness come out? By being connected, the power of divine connection. Connect to God the Father, abide in him and he in you, and then connect to his church. Connect to the bride. Become part of the body. Stop sitting down. Get active. Hallelujah. This topic, I'm going to go into it in the next few weeks a lot more. We can't cover it all today. But it's about spiritual authority, spiritual alignment, proper spiritual order. Hallelujah. Getting back into alignment. That's what God has called me and my wife to do in 2022. Get the house back in order. Glory to God. Colossians, let me go there. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, with a little a, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up in his own fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. You know what that basically translates into, saints of God? You cannot do it in the flesh. You cannot do it through your intellect. You cannot be a lone ranger, agent number nine, 007 Christian. That doesn't exist. John 6, 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits for nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Think about it. You cannot pay for it with money. You cannot act it out you cannot manufacture it you cannot will it out it has to come through the spirit it's all part of being divinely connected to the head that is God he is your connection your source there's a quote by Rufus Mosley I don't know him or her for this matter it says life in Jesus is gloriously easy it has one responsibility the responsibility of remaining in union. If you stay in union with him, he will take care of everything else. Remember, apart from God, you are simply a dead man walking. You think you're alive, you're breathing, you're functioning, but you're really dead. Dead in transgression, dead fruit. You are a cast off branch. The Bible says you are withered. And what do you do with a withered branch? You throw it into the fire. It is good for nothing. Hallelujah. Jesus said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. John 8, 31. If you abide in my word, you are my disciple indeed. What does it mean, saints, to abide? Hallelujah. Don't go ahead of me. What does it mean to abide? Listen, it means to wait for, to endure without yielding, to bear patiently, to accept without objection, 
to remain stable or fixed in state, to continue in place without complaining. Endure without yielding. That means don't yield. Don't compromise with your besetting sin. Remain stable. Be mature. Get planted. That, that's what it means to be staying in place. To become part of the body. A disciple that bears fruit. That reproduces. That abides in the word and in Christ Jesus. One that stands in the gap for one another. That shares each other's burden. Do you know that when we link elbows together, we're like a strong army fortified we're only as weak as the weakest link when we abide unto the Lord we are not moved away by temptations of the enemy we are not swerved by those who are cunning and practice deceit we've got that every day on the evening news we're not moved by persecution or suffering which is coming we're not moved or seduced by the flatteries of man we're not quitting or throwing in the towel because of guilt or failure. You're going to weather the storm and you're going to remain steadfast, faithful. God's word has the power to change your life. The problem is that we're not spending time in the word. How many minutes are we spending? Dr. Archer told us on the men's conference. How many minutes do you spend alone on daddy's lap in the morning? He was saying that him and his wife had a secret code. There was a specific a cologne that his wife loved. And every night she would send her kids, go kiss daddy. Spend a few minutes with daddy. Go kiss daddy. And when they would go to bed, she said, did you spend time with dad? Oh, yes, mom, I did. She would come close to them. And she'd say, you're lying. Go back over to daddy. And they would say, how did she know? How did she know? How did she know? You know why? Because when you're sitting on daddy's lap, his cologne, his fragrance, his aroma comes onto you and it attaches itself to you. And when you go back to anyone else, they smell the aroma of daddy. When you spend time with dad, his fragrant aroma will permeate throughout the region. It will let people know that you spend time with the father. But so many of us spend no time with the father. And you go like this, you go, ah, oh, for you're reeking the world instead of the word there are two kinds of disciples genuine and not so genuine they're both easily distinguishable the genuine they persevere they're rooted they're grounded in the word in love they're mature they reproduce they don't complain they are doers go-getters they complete the not-so-genuine give excuses. They're unfaithful. They always have a negative word to say and share. They have a persecution complex. No one wants to be my friend. They're all against me. And they're the ones that are stagnant. They're stale. They're impotent. Not important. <laughs> impotent. No seed. One will abide forever. The other will not. Will be thrown into the fire. True disciples of Christ are unashamed of the gospel. Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. For everyone who believes. The Jew first and also for the Greek. The non-disciples. Withered. They might live for a short season. They might have the little goosebumps. They might come to church and say, "Woo!" and go home and feel good, but they have no root. The minute the scorching sun comes, they're withered. They die. They have not allowed roots to grow. The sun beats down on them, and they say, I'm out of here. You could read about it, Mark 4, 16 through 17. Look around the room. Look around. Observe. Take a good look. You know your brothers and sisters. How many of them are no longer here? Think about it. 
I hope we're praying for them. I hope we're not giving up on them. How many are so terrified of COVID-19 they don't even come to church anymore? Did a virus cause them to depart? Was it the virus's fault? No, but it's a sure good excuse. What distractions has the enemy placed upon them that they have caused themselves to live in such fear to divert their true potential so that the seed, the divine nature, will never sprout forth? Distractions, cell phones, fake news, TV, internet, video games, politics, racism, culture, vaccinations, technology, virtual reality. How about this? Drugs, alcohol, sexually explicit material, medications. How about this for the go-getters? Cars, boats, homes, vacations. All distractions. Brother Dell posted a picture this week. It says the enemy wants you to look like this to stop you from doing this. Distractions. Distractions. If the devil could distract you and keep your focus on other things, you'll never be on your face before God. You know what you'll be doing? You'll be doing this. For hours. Then you go like this. Ching. <laughs> and then at night, you'll say to yourself, oh my God. I have no time. Lord Jesus, I'll read the word tomorrow. So much time. I have no time. My, my schedule is so busy. I haven't made time for you, Lord, but I'll make time for you tomorrow. Distractions. We must recognize the distractions of the enemy so that we won't be distracted and we can become what God has called you to be. I'm going to give you three quick ways to overcome these distractions. Number one, no compromise. Stop making excuses. Listen to this quote. I don't know who said it, but it's an unknown author. It says, a poor workman always finds fault with his tools. You hear that? Don't try to justify your excuses either. My room is not messy. It is just an obstacle course designed to keep me physically fit. You know, we try to justify. Saints of God, if it is important to you, you will find a way. If it is not important to you, you will find an excuse. James 4, 7. Actually, it's 17. James 4, 17. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Number two, stay connected. We've been talking about connection all morning. Stay connected in spiritual discipline, in prayer, in the word, in worship. How about this? Pray more and worry less. How about this? No Bible, no breakfast. Before your feet hit the ground, give God glory while you're still in bed. Hallelujah. My eyes are open. I have breath in my body. There's a roof over my head. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Another day to get it right. Amen. Number three, be active. Stay connected. Be active in the kingdom. Take inventory of your life. I need you to ask yourself some really important questions. What ministry are you involved in? What do you currently do at home, at work, or at church? How are you a blessing to other people besides yourself? How are you being utilized in the kingdom of God? Are you functioning? How are you serving your own household, your husband, your wife, your children? How are you connected? Think about this. How many people have you reached for Jesus Christ last year? 
What is your evangelism goal this year? If you have no answers to this question or to these questions, you may need to ask yourself some different types of questions. And here might be some to think about. What am I good at? What is my passion? What am I born to do on planet Earth? What am I excellent at doing? What is my raw, undiscovered self that no one knows about me but me? What is inside of the seed that God has planted in my heart? What divine glory has God placed inside of me? And as you start thinking of this, then you could say, how can I activate this in the kingdom? How can the pastor use that for the kingdom to build the kingdom of God? Then take off. Get on the starting line. Get on the blocks and get ready to go. The gun's going to sound. And you take off and start running. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something about this house. There are more men active in ministry in this church than there are women. That is a spiritual anomaly to the glory of God. That's true. For two years running, we have outnumbered the women in our conferences. Why? Because the men have found their purpose. Because the men have been connected to the Lord. You see, men don't want to come to church to sing love songs. This is the air I breathe. And I am lost without you. Men don't want to come to sing love songs in church. Men want to be valued want to be appreciated. They want to be needed. Men want to be respected. Men want to be challenged, to be proven, to be tested, and they want to be found victorious. I dare you tell a man, you can't do it. You're too, you're too weak. Tell a man you can't do something. He'll move heaven and earth to prove you wrong. You see, men want connection. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves. Men are seed carriers. They want to plant seed. They want to train. They want to build up others. They want to be influential. Once they get planted, then they will commit, they will connect, they will complete, and they will conquer. And then they will lift up hands and say, this is the air I breathe. My life belongs to you, Lord. Oh, I love you, Lord. And then their wife will say, I got a God-fearing man. I got a good man. That's my man. Hallelujah. And then you start coming underneath the wing of your husband and say, that's my man. That's my man. Wherever he goes, I go. If he goes to Alaska, I'm going to Alaska. We'll preach to the Eskimos. Hallelujah. That's my man. Your wife will learn submission by watching you submit to God. And if you can't raise up holy hands, she ain't going to be able to be held up by those hands. When you find your purpose in the body, men of God, you stay connected. Then you will lead your family. You'll be the first one up in, in the morning on Sunday morning saying, church time. You'll be hitting the, 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 the bells. You'll be like, come on, come on, let's go. Time to go to church. Let's go. I got to be there on time. You'll be putting the kids' clothes out on Saturday night. You'll be waking your wife up at five in the morning so she could do her three-hour ritual. 
We get into church on time, woman. The whole family will be blessed. Your wife will be blessed. Then she'll submit to your leadership. Because you have returned back to spiritual alignment and spiritual order. And then the divine connection will bring forth favor, blessing, health, wealth, prosperity, wellness, favor, all those things. Let me tell you, I can prove it all by simple, a simple thing. Just look at this church. Don't even look past anything else. Look at this church. The men that are active in ministry are thriving, flourishing, blessed. Their whole family is blessed. The men that just come sporadic, I'll be here someday, maybe not, maybe not. The ones that are sporadic, their whole families are jacked up. There's problems. They're broke, disease, and all kinds of other stuff. Drama. Drama llama ding dong. I'm telling the truth. You might not like it, but that's the truth. And then you wonder why you can't give up smoking, why you can't give up drinking, why you can't stop watching porn, why you can't stop lying, why you're worried all the time. Is my wife cheating on me? Am I? You're worried all the time. Why? Get it together. Hallelujah. I wanted to say that, man. Praise God. How are you connected to God as I come to a close? How are you connected to God? 2 Chronicles, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. 2 Samuel 6.11, the ark of the Lord, remember this, Obed-Edom, remained in the house of Obed-Edom from the, the Gittite for three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. That means when you connect to God, your wife, your kids, your family, everybody's blessed. The blessing is not yours and yours alone. Acts 16 Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Look at 2 Samuel 6, 12. Now it was told David the king saying, the Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. What does the ark of God represent? The presence of God. Psalm 37. I have been young and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. He is ever merciful. He lends, and his descendants are blessed. That means it's a generational blessing. It goes far beyond you. But you're the one that brings the blessing into the home by the power of divine connection. Don't waste your life believing that you can't. Jack Canfield, John Wesley, this is crazy. Listen to this. God grant that I may never live to be useless. What are you plugged into today? Will you plug in this year the answer to life in every situation is by the divine connection that you have? with the Father above. God bless you, saints of the Most High God. Hallelujah. Happy New Year. Hallelujah. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you've been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845-956-0133. Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.